Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Charged Up Studio listeners, and welcome once again to Charged Up Studio, the podcast. Um, This morning, I apologize up front. My normal computer is in the shop, so I am working with a small computer, and I don't have my backdrop like I normally do, and I don't know what the audio is going to come out like, but we're going to go ahead and move on as we normally do. Um, Today, I have got... Uh, Tim Hyde. He is coming to us all the way from Australia. And he is going to be talking to us about CRM, Customer Relationship Management. And as small business owners, a lot of us kind of get a little confused about the difference between CRM and automation and all of the different tools that we can use to streamline our processes. Hmm. I don't know what that was from. (laughs) Streamline all of our processes. So let's go ahead and give a big charged up studio welcome to Tim Hyde. Hey, Tim. Hey, Dana. It's uh, absolutely brilliant to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity to jump on and, and speak to everybody as well about a subject that I'm super passionate about. No, me too. Me too. But I'm not an expert at it like you are. Okay. So why don't you first of all, give our audience a little bit of an overview of your background and how you got involved in the technology side of this business. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, firstly, I mean, if I go back 43 years now to my first business, which was a circus, I was actually sort of channeling my favorite Uncle Scrooge golden book. Um, oh, which really? got me absolutely hooked. And I spent, um, I spent all my ill-gotten gains on two things that I remember. Uh, I spent it on a bag of uh, one-cent sweets. I think you guys call them sweets out in the US. Uh, and I ate all of those on the way home from school one day. Um, so it's a hundred one-cent sweets in this bag. <laughs> and wow. as a six-year-old, I was a little bit hooked at that stage, possibly on the fact that I could spend money on sweets and, and it was really good. It could have been the sugar high, not really sure. <laughs> And the other thing I spent it on was a brass inlaid oak cigar box that I got from our local street markets. Um, and I had, that was my money pit that I, I put all my money into. <laughs> uh, so you started uh, very early as not. I started very, very early. And it, which is interesting because I don't come from an entrepreneurial family. Both of my parents were public servants. Mum was a teacher and dad was a, an ag scientist, agricultural economist. Um, and as far back as I know, no one in my family has been in business. So I'm definitely the black sheep of the family uh, in that regard. But Nobody yeah. in business except you? Nobody in business except for me and my wife. 
there's uh, also okay, but that doesn't mean something. you're a black sheep. I would think you're a golden sheep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway, so I did a whole bunch of different businesses. I think as we do, we have this interest in entrepreneurship. You know, we try different things as as kids and teenagers, and we do you know some interesting stuff. I learned a very valuable lesson around I don't need as many size. 15 Ugg boots as size 10s and 9s and 8s and 7s. Uh, and so that was another lesson that I learned as a teenager. And then, like the dutiful eldest son, I went off to university, uh, having not done particularly well at school. And the only thing that I could do at that stage was uh, this thing called uh, information technology. Right? And we didn't really know what that was because at that stage, there was no internet. Right? And I think as I was leaving university, the internet became a thing and I was this IT guy and I'd done IT and finance at uni, uh, which was a very odd combination and found myself writing code uh, in government. And In government, wow. Yeah, for government. So we would, I would do sort of business analysis. I would interrogate these databases to provide reports to our senior executive so that they could make kind of informed decisions. And I was seeing the same these parallels between what we were doing in government and the fact that we were putting this box in front of everybody um, to suddenly communicate and work more effectively than they'd ever done before um, as, as we did these IT rollouts right, in, in government departments. And we're seeing the same, I was seeing the same thing, you know, with my interest in business as well, that people were looking at different ways to communicate. Um, you know, we saw MySpace sort of pop up and, and disappear and we saw, you know, forums pop up and, and disappear um, and different ways of communicating. And I distinctly recall a, a very good friend of mine at the time had just spent something like $50,000 advertising on the back page of the Yellow Pages. And uh, I went to, I went from his office to my wife's office um, where she was working in real estate. And the first four desks I walked past all had the Yellow Pages stuck under the monitor to raise it up to the right height. And this was a real insight for me that people were really changing, not just the way that they communicated, but there needed to be a change in the way that businesses connected with their audiences as well. Um, anyway, that was sort of through the 90s. Uh, late 90s, a mate of mine came to me who was working in the press gallery at, at Parliament House up here in Australia. And he said, let's create this forum for our hometown of Canberra. Um, it was about 400,000 people or 350,000 people there at the time. Um, so not a pretty small town, but very much a government town like Washington, D.C. And he said, let's create this forum for Canberra. And so we did. And we got a bunch of computer parts from the computer fair, put them together with my dad's angle grinder because they wouldn't fit together properly. And we started writing content and inviting people to write content of stuff that was interested, interesting to them. And they could create their own profile and, you know, rudimentary sort of social media profile and put content up and engage with other people's content and all this sort of stuff. And little kind of did like we know. Kind of, kind of like Zuckerberg, huh? Kind of, yeah, kind of like Zuckerberg, except Zuckerberg was in primary school when we were doing this. Yes. Um, well, maybe not. Maybe he was in, maybe he was a freshman. <laughs> But, you know, we were sort of, I think, you know, like Zuckerberg, we were sort of discovering this thing, this thing that we now call social media that pervades just about every interaction that we have with other people, right? You know, right. we're surrounded by social media and we interact and engage with that so readily sort of every single day that um, 
you know, we didn't know what it was. And so I spent most of the noughties um, teaching other marketing agencies what this social media thing was that was suddenly emerging everywhere, you know, simultaneously. Anyway, got out of that. Uh, and uh, in 2013, um, what I was seeing a lot of was that, you know, when we talked to businesses and, and sold advertising to them, right, we had a, a sort of massive audience in, in Canberra um, of well over, you know, two thirds of the working age population um, that we were reaching. And we were the sort of dominant media player in the, in the space. Um, that when we would do advertising, clients would come back and say, Tim, that didn't work, right? And I'm like, well, you know, I can see that that particular ad, you know, with that copy and that sized ad and those images and blah, 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 you know, generated 7,312 clicks to your website or to your landing page. And this one generated 4,000 and that one generated 128. So that clearly is a message that's not resonating with people. And I think for the first time ever during sort of late 90s and early noughties, that from an advertising perspective, people could get real accurate data on exactly which messages and, and images could, was actually generating leads you know, right. for their business. Right. But right. they wouldn't come back and say it's not working. I'm going, well, clearly the ad's working because I can see exactly how many people were clicked on it, right? Um, but, you know, it wasn't the next step. And I kept likening it back to this sort of this code, right, that I was writing, you know, for, for government earlier on. And that the end user experience is the, the program doesn't work, right? We've had that before, right? That, that spinning wheel of death we get on Windows and, and the like, you know, from the user experiences, it doesn't work. But from a coder's experience, it's worked on line one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, you know, 812, 815, you know, and so on. And there's just this one bit of code that doesn't know what to do for the next step. And I was seeing that in marketing for people's customer journey as well, is that they would get a certain part distance along the journey, and then they wouldn't do the next step that we want them to do. In the same way that if you were trying to drive from Los Angeles to New York, you know, if there's a 50 meter stretch of road that's not broken, you don't go over the whole, you know, whole thing's busted. You would drive around right. or you fix that you 50 meter road, road so that you have this sort of seamless end to end. And for businesses, that's what we want from our customers. Yeah. Right? We want this seamless end to end customer well, and, journey. And, and, yeah. As a strategist, you, you know, it's the same way, you know what I call myself is a sequencing strategist. And what that means is the fact that, you know, it's not a perfect line from, from point A to point B, okay? Things are going to happen along the way and you're going to have these, these turns and these, you know, and it's the same thing. You, you know, you're not going to have one way of reaching point B. You know, if something happens, you need to be prepared and understand, okay, if this happens, okay, where do we go next? And that's what you're talking about is um, rather than, than uh, just alienating or just stopping what you're doing right from the very beginning, let's look at, okay, let's take a step back and let's look at, okay, what's the journey look like? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. So when I, when I left, so when, I, when, uh, I, uh, when I left the ride right in, in 2013, um, I had a, because I was starting to talk to clients about this exact thing that, that you mentioned there, Dana, as well. And I said, well, okay, can you 
come in and do some work with us on that? Can you put the strategy and systems in place that we can have this more seamless end-to-end -end journey? And, and I think since then, we've probably worked with well over a thousand clients in 37 countries uh, to do that sort of stuff. And it doesn't matter what industry you're in, whether you're right. a clairvoyant, whether you're a, a pearl farmer or a carpet layer or a solar panel company or a coach yeah. or consultant or a multinational um, mm -hmm. you know, product business. Um, people have this customer journey and the thing that we want them to do isn't necessarily their priority today. Right. 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 We want them to do stuff. We know it's going to change their world if they do, but it's not necessarily their priority. Just like asking your kids to clean their bedroom, right? <laughs> They've got other stuff they want to be doing. Yeah. That's, and, 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 you know, you, you, I'm a marketer as well, you know, as a strategist, and I understand what you're talking about. And we talk about the customer journey. And when you're looking at CRM and you're looking at the technology, the seamless technology, um, as you said, that's not what they were concerned about, okay? They wanted the results. That's what they were looking for is those results. And um, you as a programmer, you saw what was going on behind the, the scenes. They didn't care what was going on behind the scenes. You know, all they wanna know is what's gonna come out in the end. So, so with that being said, okay, let's get into a little bit more about the technology and the different types of technology, okay? First, um, when we start talking about CRM and we talk about, uh, you know, automation and, and funnel development and things like that, let's talk about what the differences are between a basic CRM and one that automates and, and can actually develop, you know, give, a, give yeah. our listeners some insight a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a great question, Dana. Yeah. So firstly, the, the conventional uh, acronym of CRM is for customer, as you mentioned earlier, is for customer relationship management. So it's a bit of technology that allows you to record information about your customers. Now, I like to take that a bit, of, a bit further and I like to challenge people to think of their CRM as not customer relationship management. I like to think of it as contact relationship management, right? Because we have relationships and we know that relationships are the currency of business that we need to manage. Now, there's this really cool rule called Dunbar's number, developed by an anthropologist named Robin Dunbar, who says that we can only maintain five relationships. And she observed this in all sorts of populations of mammals and, and so on. We can only maintain five intimate relationships and 15 close relationships. After that, we start to get a little bit tenuous. Now, that's just a general rule. There's some people who are much better at that and than, than others. But at a certain point, we can't remember deep enough relationship, uh, deep enough information about people to maintain a level of intimacy that allows us to progress a relationship forward. So that's the first thing. So if we think of our CRM or our contact relationship management tool is just a piece of technology that allows to park information about our contacts so that we can progress and deepen the relationship with them as we go forward. Okay, okay. that's the first thing we do want to do. Now, secondary to that, marketing automation, all right, is the use of technology again, right, to systemize and automate manual process. Right now, I want to do a word of caution here. We don't want to appear robotic and impersonal, all right. So it's going to create leverage. So stuff like, I mean, we're surrounded by this stuff right now. For example, you know, the movie tickets you buy, 
goes through an automation system that delivers you your movie tickets. Right? You can imagine how terrible this would be if you had to wait till the following morning, you know, for someone to manually post your tickets out for last night's movie matinee. <laughs> right? Yeah. It probably wouldn't work. Right? The text message you receive from your doctor or your hairdresser to say there's a reminder, you know, your, your appointment's coming up. Um, the ebook that you get delivered after you opt into a form, right? These things are all examples of marketing automation um, that in practice can either update information about our CRM to track customer behavior, prospect behavior, right? Or do something, right? That's repetitive and time consuming that we would otherwise have to do ourselves. Okay. Now, when we look at the tech space, you can find CRM systems. You can find EDM systems. So MailChimp, for example, is a really good EDM system that's, that people might be familiar with. Okay, That's going to take our list of people and allow us to broadcast information to them in mass. And again, save us time. And then there's really sort of technical marketing, sales and marketing automation systems. And we're sort of talking, you know, key active campaign, um, HubSpot, you know, a bunch of other things that are out there, high level, Salesforce, Marketo, all right? And each of these systems are really designed for the needs of different size businesses. Right, right. So we're talking to our audience is primarily small, you know, uh, micro, some medium-sized businesses, okay? And, you know, I'm a small business. I, I started with Keep, which used to be... Infusionsoft. Infusionsoft. And it was just a little bit more than what I needed, okay? Um, but one of the pro platforms that I've always used right from the very beginning is called Insightly, okay? And Insightly is a basic CRM system. But what's really nice about it, Insightly that I like is it allows you to track your leads. And that's where I like what you said about contact resource management versus customer. Because when you think about it, a CRM should be tracking your prospects, your leads, everything else. Yeah, we can put our partners in, you know, our, our key yeah. strategic partners in there. You can use your CRM to track relationships with your staff, right? Staff right. birthdays, when they join, right. you know, your staff and morning. If you really want to, you know, sneaky, yep. sneaky, um, I have an automation that sends my wife flowers. Oh, there you go. I think my husband has the same thing. <laughs> but it was doing is systemizing a process, okay? You know, I know that I should be sending her flowers on a regular basis. And so I've built an automation that prompts me and say, hey, Tim, you know, should you send pennies and flowers to today? Bouquets. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Now you've revealed his secret. No, I use, no, the, I use that one. I have to look at it. I use that one as a bit of a joke as well, because um, it sort of illustrates the purpose that, again, if we want to deepen a relationship and we talk about that customer journey, um, you know, we, we, we do a lot of work to win business in the first place, right? And then we have this onboarding process and it's the same, should be roughly the same for every single client. And then we want to keep that client long-term, right? Now this parallels largely how we build personal relationships. I meet someone at the pub, right? I don't jump up to them and say, hey, we should have 10 kids because that's probably too early. I need to build a relationship with them. We need to go dancing and, and dinner first, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Then we need to have an onboarding experience, which is a wedding, you know, honeymoon and a, and a wedding and a sort of engagement party and all that sort of stuff. And then if I want to keep the relationship long-term, which for most of us who have, uh, you know, real lifetime value with our clients, 
yeah. we want to continue to manage that relationship going forward, right? And so we can automate and systemize some of the outreach process that we might do. So maybe, you know, we have a, a card that goes every out every 12 months to say, hey, it's, we've worked with you for another 12 months. That's fantastic. We really appreciate yeah. your support and of our business and we love working with you, right? To really show some appreciation. All we're doing is systemizing what otherwise is a, would, would be a process to deepen the relationship with the people that are important to us. Yeah. Well, and, and, and that is important to understand on the contact relationship um, uh, system, okay? Uh, but the other thing to keep in mind is a CRM system is also a tool for you to track what's happening with your business, which is critical, okay? By tracking your leads, tracking projects or opportunities, and then programs, you know, you get a better understanding of how your sales funnel is filling, which is critical when you're a small business. Because like you said, even with contacts, you can only do so much before you start losing information and everything. But with yeah. CRM systems, it allows you to track your sales efforts, your phone calls, your emails, all of that, so that next time you talk to them, all you have to do is pull it up on the screen and you can see, okay, here's what we talked about last time, or tie it to your to-do's um, list, tie activities, yeah. Yeah, this becomes really critical as you look to scale your business outside of just yourself, right? And you know, one of the systems in, seem incredibly boring, right? Um, but when we start to break it down, it, it gets you a real understanding of what it is you do, right? And as, a, as adults, we've, we've simplified our life, right? Down to, um, you know, some very basic sort of instructions, right? So for example, if you're out of milk, <laughs> you just go to the shops and get some milk. But that going to the shops and getting some milk actually, you know, encompasses about 5,000 activities, that if we break them down and say, if I had to teach a system to do this, right, so that somebody else could execute going to the shops and getting some milk, what would that in, what would that involve? And that allows us to really kind of work on the business and on the machine, right, rather than in the machine kind of responding. And as soon as you start to, you know, as, as we as we make these transitions from, you know, owning a job to, you know, having a job to owning a job to owning a business. Though that that systemization of our of our business becomes absolutely critical in a couple of key areas. I mean, obviously, yeah. you know, it comes around delivery, but most importantly, I think around our sales and marketing process because that's the oxygen that allows us to do everything else. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And to me, it, that becomes so critical. Yeah, and it keeps us from becoming what what I call um, suffering from OPA, which is you become so overwhelmed that you become paralyzed and ultimately avoid doing anything, you know, hoping it either goes away or I'll just take care of it later, you know? And when you start getting to that point, that's when things start flagging. That's when, yeah. you know. One of my clients that we're working with at the moment, um, when we first started working with them, they had no CRM in place that they were using, uh, didn't have a, a sales meeting on a weekly basis and didn't really know who their customers were, right? So they would just respond to whoever was loud, yelling loudest in that particular moment. They'd send out proposals via email. And of course, those emails would then get lost on page 17 of the, the inbox, you know, because the owner's getting around 300 emails a day, 
Uh, of, yeah. of interaction so very easy to lose track of things and i think that's the first benefit of a crm system it allows you to uh, get and stay organized it's the first thing um what we've got now you know we, we put keep uh, in for them we've now got a list of all their contacts right we can see across the team where the communication is up to that with that person so i can jump in and I could pick any particular customer that they're working with, and I could go back and see all the email correspondence from all the other people right. in the business. So I know exactly where the next conversation is. And that gives, when I talk to that customer or someone else talks to that customer, they've got a great deal of assurance that we we seem to be in control now because uh -huh. I know that oh, I, last week you spoke to Rod and the week before there was an email from Marcus. Right? And they go, oh, you guys seem like you actually know what you're doing. And it gives my customer a huge amount of confidence in us, right? Which obviously means they trust us, they like us more and so on. Yeah. But now we've got, I think there are, they've got about 300 odd leads in their sales pipeline at the moment uh, for a couple of exhibitions. Slightly crazy. Now, if you're trying to imagine managing 300 leads on post-it notes or yeah. in your head, it'd be impossible to know, well, who haven't I contacted or when was did I last speak to Sally or... You know, like that. And now we can look at this pipeline of opportunity and know exactly where we are, which deals are getting stuck, which ones are close to completion and which ones we're not going ahead with. Right. So no, it actually allows us to get much more structured, more control and more right. organized, right? And because we're using automation and a lot of those as well. So we say, you know, send proposal. If we haven't sent a proposal, that automation is now saying, hey, we're still working on, it's communicating with our customer on our behalf to say, hey, Dana, we're still working on that proposal for you, right? We'll have it with you shortly, okay? Yeah. We haven't forgotten about you. And again, it's building that relationship of trust and likability with a customer that we don't have to go and think to go and do that and take us away from the task at hand. We can keep working on that proposal while our system is communicating on our behalf. Yeah, no, no, you're absolutely right. So tell me, when should, at what point should a small business look at a CRM system? At what point should they be thinking about a CRM system? To be honest, I think a CRM system is one of those tools that you should probably consider from the get-go. From the get-go. Okay. It's, 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 it's one of those good habits, I guess. Yeah. If you can develop some really good business habits in your foundational stages, even as a micro business, you are going to put yourself in much better standing to have uninterrupted and seamless growth then if you get to the point where you're at, oh my God, I've forgotten to follow up on that lead and I'm not sure who I spoke to last week. Right? If you can get it in the foundational stage, you're going to be in a much bigger position than if you try and go, I need to retrofit this to my business later on, um, even though you may have more resources later on. But certainly if you're uh, you know, getting to the point where you're forgetting things or you feel a bit disorganized or you've, you know, don't know who I spoke to the week before. Or you know, you're collecting to follow up with. cards like this, you know. You've got a stack of, you've got a stack of business cards. Yeah. Right? If you're in that position, absolutely, that's when you should be. But I think it's even a step before that. If you, if you can get these good foundational structures in place very early on in your business, you're going to be in a much better position um, to have that uninterrupted growth. Okay, And it's just good business habit. This thing, this CRM thing is the brain of your business going forward. And that's why I think it's so important to, to look at the right CRM that's going to support and sustain your growth going forward. Yeah, 
Yeah. So you um you basically are a distributor or or representative for Keep, right? Uh, yeah. So Keep is just one of the systems that we work with. We work right. with a couple. Um, I think it's about finding the right fit. Um, thing. And, I think the worst was, question you could ever ask is to go onto Facebook and say, "What CRM do you use?" Yeah. Right. And then go, no. "I'll get that one." And that's Don't where I was going. <laughs> is is you know um, Keep. You know, that's more for your growth company that is getting to a stage where they're going to need more services. What well, this is this is the thing about Keep, particularly if we if we pick pick on Keep yeah. while we're talking about that. You know, Keep have a couple of different products, so they actually have some products fantastically suited for you know coaches and consultants. Right, that's their okay. now forever term. But they've got one that also works for for larger businesses. If you've got you know ten sales staff. Uh, you know, and you're in multi-locations, you know, that may not necessarily be the best product for you. You might want to look at something that's a bit more mature, a Salesforce, a HubSpot, um, you know, some of those ones, okay, that might be a little bit better, right? And there are literally thousands of CRM systems on the market, right? Yeah. <laughs> it seems every time I turn around, someone's releasing a new one. But the thing that I I encourage people to look at when they look considering a CRM as much as all the features and benefits are great. Right? And if you look at any of the sort of product comparison things, they're always comparing. This is my feature. That's way better than that feature. Right. Cause they're always going to put their own stuff um, more prominently. Right. But I think there's a couple of things that they never talk about that are really important. Right. Um, firstly, it is the level of support. Okay. okay. How many people can support you in this system? Right. Uh, how big is the company that's producing it? And is it their sole focus? Right. So a lot of these new ones that pop up, um, you know, yeah. might be supported by, <laughs> you know, someone. And if, again, if it's going to be the core infrastructure for your business and then the company that produced it goes out of business, well, <laughs> what do you do? Right. Yeah. And it's very expensive to change CRM systems. Yeah. And okay. that happens that's quite often. That happens quite often. You know, you've got all of these these companies or these startups that are coming out and they say, you know, they, they're offering this year at this very low price, you know, and things like that. And I always are very leery of them because you don't know if they're going to survive. Yeah, that, that's and that, that should be a consideration when you choose yeah. your CRM system and probably the, the number of integrations. Okay, your CRM is not a standalone thing. It touches just about every aspect yeah of your business. Um, and you want to look at how well does this system integrate with other systems? Um, because you, at some point you will look to integrate. Yeah. And that's exactly it. That's exactly it. So what are, what are the average price ranges for CRM systems? Look, I think you can get something as low as, I mean, uh, HubSpot's free CRM, you know, you can, you can get free CRMs out there. Um, I'm a bit cautious of free CRMs to be honest. They're okay, but, you know, you probably want to look at a more full-functioned product. Yeah. Um, I think you can expect, you know, as a sort of small business, you can probably expect to pay maybe, you know, 50 to $200 per month for your CRM system. Um, if you've got a really big list, it can obviously go into several thousands. Um, Salesforce Pardot, uh, it has $5,000 a month. That's a corporate system. Yeah. At a minimum. So, you know, again... You've got to find the right system um, that's going to support your growth over the next five to 10 years. And, and, and that requires a little bit of navel gazing to go, what does my business look like in 10 years time? Where do I want it to be? And let's, have, let's, have a, let's put in a system that supports our growth and gets us there. 
But I, I know a lot of people would say, oh my God, $100 a month, you know, if you're a micro business, you go, $100 a month, that's so expensive. But I want you to think about, I think you should think about this, right? A good CRM and particularly a good marketing or sales and marketing system will save you hours of work every single week, right? And you've got to look at what your time is worth. Time versus money. That's what you have to look at, you know. Now, um, a lot of my clients, when I'm working with them, the one, one of the questions, when we start talking about CRM systems, you know, and, and we're planning, okay, it's, it's a matter of, okay, where do we go? What's the steps that we go through in order to automate and, and, and fully systematize what we're doing? You know, we start with a CRM system. We get comfortable with that. And as you said, you want to make sure that it can integrate with other, you know, popular platforms out there. So would the next stage be, say, an automation system, something that can take that to the next stage? Yeah, I think the first thing is, is, is look at what are the functions that you're doing in your business that can be leveraged quite simply. Right? I think anyone who, who tries to start by automating everything is going to fail. Right? Because yeah, you just don't you know what you don't know. Systems, yeah, you haven't right? decided. I mean, systems are yeah i mean i've been doing this for 12 years now and even my business is constantly evolving the automations that we use in our business uh, and i'm constantly thinking oh, how can i create next you know the next that little bit of leverage so we start with simple things so it might be something around uh you know capturing uh, appointment details you know from a calendar it might be delivery of an ebook right it might be a simple reminder to reach out to key strategic partners on a regular basis okay some really simple automations that we might have in our business but we want to look at again the first thing is let's look at our customer journey right? might be a quote follow-up yeah. let's look at our customer journey let's map out where are the gaps in your customer journey and those are the first use cases for where we want to systemize and automate yeah, yeah. no definitely definitely and and it's important to understand that that customer journey is what's going to pay for that CRM system, you know, because ultimately what the, the goal is, is you want to attract people, you know, like, and trust, and that can know, like, and trust you. And the way that you do that is by training them or not necessarily training them, but making them feel comfortable, comfortable that you, you appreciate what they do, you know, and that's where the CRM system comes in. And then, as you said, staying in touch with them, making it, it simplifying. I can tell you that um, I, I use Calendly for a lot of things. And I had had Calendly for many years uh, as far as scheduling, but it wasn't until I started the podcast that I started realizing how much that simplified my life, you know, in order to use this. So these are the kind of things that small business owners should be thinking about and planning into their strategy to start introducing this into the company, um, you know, as far as that's concerned. So uh, what can, what can, um, what can our, our listeners do to automate their business? As you said, you, to, to start out automating is really kind of foolish because you don't know what those systems are. You don't know what you need to systematize. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there is absolute ton of things that you can automate your business, um, you know, both from lead acquisition to, you know, conversion to retention, uh, you know, sorts of things. And if you're interested, you can jump on my website at winmoreclients.com.au and there's a resource tab there, which is 
It's got a, a, an ebook of 25 things that you could download and automate in your business. And that's just, that's just the tip of the iceberg. So if you're interested in grabbing that, go over and, go over and get it. Um, but again, I think the, the thing that, let's look at the foundational things. Let's look at the things that take you a lot of time in your business that will get significant benefit. Right? You know, so if it's your calendar integration, right? so you know, you're talking to people, you need to send them a calendar. We want to record some information about that appointment. And we're going to put that in your CRM and then we're going to have a follow-up to say, looking forward to seeing you tomorrow or build a form that says, we talked about this. Thanks very much. It was great to chat with you. Uh, and a follow-up. Again, we're looking at how do we deepen the relationship with the people that we're connecting with. Well, yeah. in, if, in, I'm sending a, if I'm sending a proposal, right, can we build an automation that automatically follows up on that proposal until such time as they say yeah. yes? Once someone yeah. says yes to a proposal, can we automate the onboarding experience that introduces your account manager or sends them an email that says, thanks very much for your payment. This is what's going to happen from here and starts to set expectations. You know, yeah. if you've got a product that you're selling, that the, the onboarding experience for that particular product will be the same for every single customer. Right. And so what we're looking at is saying, what is the thing that you do over and over and over again? That is a good use case for automation in the business. Well, and then just to use as an example, I mean, the, the podcast that you're on right now, you know, you, when you signed up, when we signed you up as a podcast guest, I immediately put you into my, CRM system and into my automation system, you automatically got a letter or an email from me telling you what I needed from you. And then also the, the guest release form. It's the same thing, you know, um, rather than me having to do it, it's just a matter of putting your email address and your name into our system, you know, and then you know, I, I do the no bid federal contracting uh, uh, accountability. It's the same thing, the onboarding process for that and getting them ready for the kickoff meeting. All of it's done automated, which makes yeah. it so much easier, you know, on me because it would, it would take a lot of time. Well, we've got, we've got another client we're working with again, who, who, you know, produces, uh, he sells accounting practices. And so what we've done with him, he has a form that prospective buyers fill out. They say, this is the form. And of course it's mm -hmm. like one click, here is the form, go and fill it out for me. And what happens then is the information from that form is then passed into a DocuSign document, merged all the fields. That right. DocuSign document is then sent to the customer without him being involved at all. And literally he's just said, yes, right? Now, rather than having to recreate the document for every single person who's interested in buying, mm -hmm. right? We're using automation because it's the same process every single time. We're using automation to create this document that literally within 30 seconds of them filling out a form, they've got a personalized, right? Merged field document that they can yeah. go sign here, sign here. Yeah. And of course, as soon as they sign, the automation says, well, let's release the information memorandum. And right. that's follow up if you haven't read it. Right. And so, you know, literally he's, he's, you know, taken probably what would normally take an hour and a half to two hours for every single request that he gets and condense that down into literally five to six seconds um, worth of activity. Yeah. Right? And when he puts a when he puts a practice out for sale, he might get 20, 30, 40, 50 expressions of interest in this thing, right? So he's taken maybe a hundred hours worth of work 
and condensed it down, it down, and into, it down to like two, three hours, you know, condensed it down well, to, into minutes. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. We're coming up on the end of another episode of Charged Up Studio. And, um, you know, it's this is something we could continue talking on and on about. And there's so many tools out there as small business and medium business owners that we could be utilizing. And, you know, these are this is just the tip of the iceberg that we could be talking about. Um, but... Tim, tell our audience how they can get a hold of you should they need to. Look, probably the best way to. to connect. Absolutely. Look me up on, on social media. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, Tim Hyde or Win More Clients. Um, you'll, you'll find me there. Uh, luckily enough, there's not too many Tim Hydes. I think there's only 13 of them in the US, which is <laughs> <laughs> which is amazing. Um, I did find this interesting website that told me how many of my people of, of me live in the United States. <laughs> with my name so that was interesting but yeah connect with me on social media or, or just come just just connect through the website winmoreclients.com.au forward slash connect um you can find my social links on there as well um love to jump on a call with you and and, and chat and if it's something we can help you with uh, and point you in the right direction we'd be happy to do so any last you want to leave our audience with um probably i think this one this one thing right you know if we look at what we went into business for in the first place, right? It wasn't to be buried under the mountain of manual tasks that come with it. And by by putting these systems in, by automating our sales and marketing process, it will ultimately free you up to achieve the purpose that you went into business for in the first place. Very good, very good. So that's it folks. That's the end of another episode of Charged Up Studio. And we ask that you leave a review on whatever listening platform you happen to be listening to us on or go to our Facebook page at Charged Up Studio and leave a review there. Uh, if you would like to get any more information on any of the programs that we offer um, or the, the um, we have a YouTube page that you can go and see the full video or you can go to marketatomy.academy and find out all about the different programs that we have to offer. That's it. I look forward to talking to you again next week. And until then, have a great charged up day. Talk to you later. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.